listening to KZAA LP Santa Barbara 96.5 FM Gaza Radio won't even play my team Yo, what's up? Do we got Oklahoma on the radio station phone line right now or what? What's up? How's it going? What's up, man? Midwest in the house right now? That's right, baby. <laughs> uh, dude, thank you so much for uh, for changing times last minute. I really appreciate it. For sure. No worries. I got nothing going on today. All right, cool. So. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, try to... Uh, my voice isn't completely gone yet, but hopefully I won't be coughing and stuff. Okay. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for uh, for being uh, down to switch up the time. So we're doing a special, I guess, uh, special morning edition of Your Life in America. Matinee. So, matinee, that's right. Matinee Mayhem, live on the radio. <laughs> um, what's up to everybody listening on radio? Uh, we're live on KZAA. 96.5 FM in California, and uh, what's up to everybody streaming this episode? Uh, thanks so much to everybody who supports the show. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in at the last-minute uh, time change. And radio listeners, um, y'all just heard a block of a rock block made by today's guest. And all the streaming listeners, uh, you can hear that playlist right after the interview is over. And today, I'm super stoked. Uh, really grateful to be joined by Sam um, of End on End. Sam, what's going on? What's up, man? <clears throat> Thanks for having me. For sure. Uh, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. I uh, Like I said, I, I got not a lot going on, but I'm chilling. I got a... After this, I got to call uh, my insurance and... Uh, try to squeeze a thousand dollars out of them that they owe me so that'll be awesome <laughs> car insurance or health insurance uh health insurance well that, that technically it's dental which is kind of part of the whole reason that they won't give me the money but yeah whatever that's that's yeah you gotta fight, <laughs> gotta fight gotta fight the system man <laughs> oh yeah yeah i need that thousand man that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Hey, yeah. man, you're telling me. Not to them. Not to them at all, but um well dang, I hope I hope that I hope that goes all right for you. Right. You gotta tell them that hardcore doesn't pay the bills, you know? That's what I'm saying, dude. I live a high risk lifestyle. <laughs> for sure. Um <laughs> But yeah, thanks so much. Uh, thanks so much for calling in and being on the show. Where exactly are you calling from today? Um, I am in my apartment in New Haven, Connecticut, right now. Okay, so you, so, oh. so you're. So I'm, I'm no longer Midwest. I sold out. <laughs> um, yeah. But so you're a you're a you are a resident now of the state of Connecticut. That's right. I'm a coastal elite now. <laughs> nice. Well, I'm a California. I'm a California kid, so we're on the coast hey, right man. now. Col I wish. I wish that was me. <laughs> How long have you lived in Connecticut for? Uh, since January. So, 
So I lived in Oklahoma for 21 years, almost 22 years. And then I moved to Minneapolis in like late December of 2020 per year. And then uh, I moved here to beautiful, sunny New Haven. Nice. Dude, what was it? What was Minneapolis like? Cold. Really cold. Um, frigid. Six month winter. You shovel in your dad walk three times a week. And uh, I don't know. It's it, it. I like that place. I really do. But it's pretty brutal. Like, I can't lie. And I like the winter, but when the sun's not out for months at a time and you can die just by going outside because it's so cold and it's such a ticket toll on your uh, <laughs> happiness. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds sketchy. I've, I've, uh, yeah. Minneapolis is always interesting to me cause I only really associate it with sports, you know? So I only like, sure. think, I just think about like the twins and the Vikings and like yeah. the twin cities. Um, but that's pretty cool that you lived up there. Yeah, it was cool. Um, Terrible hockey team, ironically, because their like whole thing is hockey. You mean the Wild? Yeah, they're bad, right? I are mean, they not? are they good? They they have had. They're not like horrible, horrible, but they're not great. Okay. Um, I've heard recently they're. They have the the best team that they've had maybe ever. Yeah. So as of as of late, they've they've definitely improved. Do is do people really rock the accent up there like the Minnesota accent? Oh my god, bro! <laughs> you have no idea. Fargo. My girlfriend, um, my girlfriend Olivia, who listeners might know from uh, Goaded Rock Band, Price Horse, uh, says egg the word egg like egg. So and she gets really, really upset when I make fun of her. Um, so nobody drop in lives the engines and just type like a Y G or anything like that. She'll get pissed, but <laughs> you know, yeah, it's crazy. Some people really are like, it's usually older people, but it, it gets pretty ridiculous. But I'm also from a place where like <clears throat> people talk like cowboys. Yeah, that's a great point. So, that's a great point. I can't really talk. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, well, yeah, thanks so much again, man, for uh, coming on the hey, show man, and you. and for um, for being down to switch the time last minute. I uh, of course I interviewed Grady. I interviewed Anxious, um, the Anxious One Step Closer crew. Like oh, it's like over two years ago now. Um, nice. and I don't, I don't know if you, I don't think, Squad. yeah, for sure. I'm not sure if you were quite in anxious. No, yet. I'm, I'm, I probably was not. Yeah. So, um, and then I, I came across end on end from, uh, James Carroll. Cause he's always hyping you guys up big time, man. Goat. Shout out James. Dude, I know. Time and pressure, RIP. Dude, RIP, time and pressure. Um, Midwest fake straight edge. <laughs> that's right um but yeah that's how i came across end on end just kind of started listening to you guys and um 
yeah, end on end rocks, dude. I'll we'll definitely yeah for sure definitely get um more into it. Um, but did you know that there was an end on end band in Los Angeles in like the late nineties? Okay. So, dude, break it down right now. <laughs> all right. So, we okay. I'm just gonna here, here. Okay. Yes, I did know that. Um, but I have. I don't. I, obviously, I don't have any like beef with that actual band. But I, if when we put the demo out in whatever, like April of, what, 2018, 2019, something? I don't know. We didn't necessarily do the best due diligence and, like, find a name that nobody else had. We were kind of looking for a name. We were gonna, we wanted to name it after a carry-on song, but there's kind of, like, no good song names. Like, Skylar, um, <laughs> who plays in the band with me, was like, let's call it The View. And then I was like, that's cool. And then we were both like, oh, that's a talk show with, like, a panel of five <laughs> women. So maybe we don't call it the view and then i was just like let's just call it end on it because i like really was into rights of spring at the time for sure and i want and i wanted it to be kind of like the you know it was pretty pretentious but i was like i want to be like the thinking man's straight edge so you know we're we're an emotional band so <clears throat> totally uh but so we we put the demo out um and then like Somebody, I, I don't know if it was Nick from the Morality Zine or just a friend of ours, like sent us some screenshots of like an old head, uh, like Facebook group. And it was like almost exclusively dudes from California being really angry at End on End for being named what we were because of that band. And one dude, was like these dudes are all so fat and ugly i would never listen to their to their stupid band that's so um that's so messed it was really up, funny wow. it was really funny but i we funnily enough I, I think i so you know me i was like fucking i was like all right memorize this dude's face you know he's gonna he's gonna get he's gonna get near full if i ever see him not really but yeah i did actually this is crazy i think i think I'm not 100% sure, but one time earlier this year, Anxious ran out of merch on tour, and we had to get some stuff printed in California, and we picked it up, and there was a dude in the shop, and I'm pretty sure it was the dude that called me fat and ugly, dude. and I wanted to be like, hey, are you that guy that called <laughs> called my band stupid and called me fat and ugly because like you're salty about like either your band or like your homie's band from 1998 that like yeah. nobody really knows that exists except for you. Exactly. No right. shade. No, no shade. Like nobody knows who my band is either. So it's all good. But like, and like, I've never listened to that band. They're probably sick, but yeah, we, we ultimately it is our fault. We shouldn't have named that band that, but it's kind of too late now. So yeah, it's definitely too late. Um, that's a funny story. Yeah. I was just, I was just bringing it up more to like, Cause I, I think mm -hmm. I, uh, I don't know what I, I think I was, um, oh, I, I, when I was searching for, cause I was just trying to pull some, some art, uh, like from your, from the people like you record to kind of try and piece, oh, sure. piece together the flyer. And I saw this nice. like link and it was like, 
it was like Los Angeles melodic hardcore band. And it was like this, (laughs) it was like this interview from like 1999 and I started reading it and I was like, Oh, but yeah, dude, like nobody knew that there was ever a band called that from LA and who cares if they're mad. I mean, whatever you guys, you guys rock and you guys are the end on end that, that (laughs) is, that's active. And yeah. And that rocks. So there it is. Dude, it's it's funny that you say that because you saying that just kind of jogged my memory. We're playing these shows at Broken Vow at the end of uh, the month uh, around the Northeast. So if you're around, you should hit the gig. But on the Wilfish show, uh, the dude Caleb, who plays Dungeon Warren, shout out, he's dope. But he drew a flyer for the show and on it, and on end, like underneath it, it says LA Hardcore. And I was like, <laughs> first of all, you're my friend. So it's kind of messed up that you don't know uh, what my band is. But <laughs> Dude, that's so funny. But, um, but I was always like, so confused. I was like, what? Like, how does he not? Like, that's weird. Where did he get that? But like, even if he doesn't know, like, that I'm in the band or whatever, like, it's weird that he either assumed or like saw something that was like, Oh, like this man must be from Los Angeles, but that must be what happened. He Googled it. And like the old band came up from the, from the nineties. He's like, Oh, okay. And he just like put it on the fire. That's so funny. <laughs> that is funny. Um, I mean, Take yeah, that, that seemed the only, that was the only thing I saw. Cause like, I don't have Facebook or anything. Yeah. So I, no, um, but I did. Um, yeah, it was like this old interview, but anyways, you guys are the end on end that's that's <laughs> a, that's active that's put it out incredible music so far Thank um, you. yeah dude Thank for you. sure so um anyways we'll come back to end on end uh i just wanted sure. to, i just wanted to ask you a couple things um so i'm glad sure. we got to meet uh over the weekend at sound of fury which was really cool yeah it was um, sick yeah, I you did uh, a crazy dive from Broken Vow. It was hard. <laughs> Thanks. It was awesome, dude. I literally ran from the entrance because, like, we got we got there. Yeah, you we, you appeared out of nowhere, dude. Yeah, we got there like pretty early, um, and I was like, oh, you know, we'll 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 get it. Like, they won't they won't start bands. Like, I'm sure they'll start on time, but we have like an hour right. and twenty minutes. We'll get in. And then Rob, yeah. Rob Brigade, we, we had just had Rob Brigade play here um, in Oxnard the, oh, night, sure. in, the night before in, like, this little co- courtyard. Um, so, That's like, cool. we were, I was already hyped that I saw them, but I really wanted to see Broken Vow because I love Broken Vow. And I had just interviewed sure. Tommy, too. Um, and shout I heard them. Tommy. Yeah, shout out Tommy, dude. And I, had, I heard them start playing, and I was like, no. And I was like, oh, I'm going to miss yeah. the set. But then the line started moving and I like got to the front nice. and they were still playing. And I told my homie, I was like, dude, I'm running to the stage. So like, I'll see you there. And I literally ran That's like, so dude, I like sprinted straight up and just, just did a dive. And, um, it was dope. yeah, I wanted to, cause everyone I was, was too scared to die. And you, 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 you unleashed the beast as it were. There was no, dive. I was definitely not, I, I was not going to be diving. There were like, I was scared. I was going to get dropped. <laughs> um, there was no dives up to that point? I don't think so. Oh, sick. There might have been some, like, uh, how should I put it? Some, like, 
I'm going to walk across the, <laughs> the little catwalk thing and then like just kind of jump off. But yeah. there was no like true like, ah, you're coming with me, like sort of <laughs> front flip or like cartwheeling action. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely fully sent it. Um... It was dope. It was super. <laughs> I think that like as someone who maybe like the first 20 stage dives that I ever did, like got completely annihilated, like dropped. Uh, I really respect the commitment when you know that it's going to hurt. <laughs> Yeah. I don't I try I try not to live like that anymore, but on occasion I've been known to to dive when I know it's like not gonna end well. Yeah, gotta throw down for the homies, man, you know? That's how you know that like you're down. That's how you know <laughs> that you actually care. If you're willing to like risk your bodily well being for the core, then I mean <laughs> come on, man. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, but yeah, I, I, when I first got up to the stage, I was like, you know, cause I've been going to sound and fury for a long time. And this sure. was, this was definitely the biggest, you know, the big, yeah. like biggest thing ever. And I got up to the stage and the band was like so far away and so high yeah, up yeah, no. and I was like, Whoa. Weird. And then I saw the little platform and I was like, Oh, sick. So, um, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely just, like a very graceful, uh, way to handle that. Yeah, I, I thought it was really cool. Um, but yeah, I kind of just wanted to ask you about, I know you played uh, the set with Anxious. Um, yep. Kind of just wanted to ask you like how your weekend in LA was. Um, oh, how, um, how, how'd you, what'd you think of the whole Sound and Fury experience? Great. I mean, it was great. I had an awesome time. Um, yeah, what can I say? Um, I love I love California. I love Southern California. Uh, shout out to, I mean, I like the band too, but I mean, come on, you know. Uh, <laughs> let's not be Let's not be ridiculous. Um, uh, Thank you. For yeah, that. you Thank know, you it was a that. little hot. Yeah, of course, but you know, I hold it down. Um, it was a little warm, but cooled off generally pretty quick. I didn't stick around for all of the second day, um, but the first day was crazy i kept making the joke that like that was like fake hardcore wins because it was like anxious military gun coyo angel bus drug church no pressure like all these yeah no pressure no all these like super melodic bands and like i'm not trying to like you know i'm not, I'm not every every band deserves love every band was awesome but like we win you know what i mean like that day was like okay like Anxious Coyo, Military Gun Rock Block was like, come on. You know, if you don't, like, we, we, you, you lose. No, sorry, you lose. Um, but, uh, yeah, and then Drug Church was, like, truly insane. Incredible, like, dude. Blew, blew my mind. And obviously, yeah, like, Drain at the end of the night was, I mean, they smoked everybody, as they should, but I was like, I don't know. It was a great day. You know, it was awesome. And then the second day, uh, I got to see like all my like bucket list fans. I got to see Big Laugh. Shout out Big Laugh. Uh, great man. You know, Midwest pride, Milwaukee style. Um, great band. They were so sick. Um, you know, obviously OSC, the homies was like crazy. The title fight cover was awesome. 
Um, it was actually my idea. I kind of suggested it to my and uh, <laughs> he took my advice, but it's all good. We don't, you know. Yeah. Dude, uh, no, that, it was, was great. It was great. I, it was so hot and dusty at that right. point. After yeah, they after yeah. they played the reach, I was like, dude, I'm I don't know what the last song's gonna be. Maybe it's gonna be like the one with uh the when the city sleeps or whatever. Like who knows? But like oh, yeah. I can't like oh, I'm right. too dusty, I'm too sweaty. I gotta like mm-hmm. I'm calling it. And then I heard the yeah. and then I heard the uh crescent shaped depression riff. Yeah. And I literally like ran because I never got to yeah. see title fight, dude. So Me neither. I literally like ran back through the crowd of people and uh, That's so sick. it was dope, dude. I was, I was very surprised. It was, awesome. it was really dope. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think they pulled it off really well. And I think that they only band that can really do that just because of where they're from. And I know that I, I think some of the title fight guys like texted mine and were like, Hey, like, you know, that's sick basically like respect. But yeah, so OC was awesome. Uh, got to see Regional Justice Center, which was awesome. Never in the game was like top three of the weekend for me. Like that was so crazy and like ridiculous. So the guitar player of of NG Mike uh, Metal Mike, he manages anxious. Um, so we're like cutting it up before they play and then he's like okay i gotta go and he immediately just like lights a cigarette and like leaves it dangling in his mouth i was like this guy is so sick dude epic. so awesome <laughs> yeah it's super epic um, one of my favorite bands too i i'm i'm uh yeah, great band. still can't believe i survived the the neg set basically unharmed like yeah. no major injuries <laughs> it looks pretty severe i was definitely glad i was uh up on the stage away from all the chaos. Yeah, great band. Yeah, no, they're they're a really good band. I mean, like, beyond, like, yeah, obviously, like, they're heavy and it's cool, but, like, I I think that band is, is, they they just have really great songwriters in that band. They, like, know how to write a memorable Never ending, Never Ending Game is an emotional band, dude. I don't care what anyone says. Like, lyrically... Lyrically, um, one of those nights, dude, dude, one of those nights, man, one of the greatest songs ever. Um, but yeah, I I wanted to, uh, touch on the anxious set real quick. Cause so I saw anxious, I saw anxious with Koyo in a little, in a bar in long beach. And oh yeah, that show was like, dude, yeah, I've been a big, (laughs) I've been a big anxious fan since, since the demo really like goodbye Damn. and all those so like goodbye is like carved st- yeah carved, carved carved style yeah carved style goodbye is still like one of my most listened to songs yeah. um good, good song yeah. grand average i beg grady to play that like once a month i'm like can we play grand average and he's like no dude no, i know chance. it's all good man it's all good great song <laughs> great song yeah um <laughs> But so yeah, the 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 anxious set like I think it was like before the LP came out. Um, when you guys played in Long Beach, it was like in November, and like it was cool, yeah. but it was like really there was like not that many people there. No one was like uh, no. The show I, I shouldn't say it was shot. That band Saku Shimmer played, I remember, and that band's really sick. It was a good time. Yeah, totally. So seeing anxious at Sound and Fury was very redeeming because like. 
the the band has gotten so big since I be, was a like started listening. It's uh, yeah, it's I don't know about so big, but it it was it was fulfilling. It was it was rewarding. Yeah, I mean, sure. just like all the kids singing along, and like it was just yeah. uh, super awesome, dude. So, um, and yeah, I wanted to ask you how you got, um, like, how did you get hooked up with playing in Anxious? Um, so the story goes, right, um, I used to play in this band called Full Color Green, um, and Pat Flynn posted, at the time when I was in this band, Pat Flynn posted about Anxious on his Instagram, was like, yo, like, check out these, like, young up-and-comers from the Northeast, um, you know, emotional hardcore style. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, and at the time, Full Color Dream was trying to do it up, like, tour as much as we could. So I, I e or not email, I, I DM'd the Anxious Band account. And I was like, hey, what's up? Like, I play in this band. We don't even have anything out yet. They, I don't even think, I think maybe they had a song out. Maybe. I think they had, like, Basement out or something. Um, if that. But I was like, hey, like, I don't know anything about your band, but you guys are all straight edge and that's cool. And I want to play the Northeast really bad. Do you guys want to play some shows together? And they were like, I think it was Grady on the, I'm sure it was on the, on the handling of the DMs, but he was like, dude, that sounds awesome. Like, um, send me what you guys have recorded whenever you get it done. And then I was like, okay, so this was probably like late, 2017 probably 2017 when this was happening and so that band went in and we did like four songs put them out and i sent them to grady before we released them or whatever and, and he was like wow these are really cool you know we planned just to go on tour that summer we played like four shows all of which were like pretty supremely shot and it was <clears throat> up to that point like the most fun i had ever had in my entire life and so yeah we played these shows um in the very like in the infancy of anxious i i would say i think it was the first tour um but me and granny just really hit it off and we became pretty close pretty fast and we stayed in touch and we would see each other you know a couple times a year at, at fests or or what have you and we would, we would FaceTime a lot and like, um, you know, I obviously stayed friends with John today. Um, and then Johnny joined the band. They started going on tour more. And then they needed a bass player, like at the beginning of, of like the end of 2019, early beginning of 2020. And, they, and, and Grady texted me and he was like, hey, like, would you want to play these shows that we have? And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm down. I don't, I don't, I don't recall if it was like a actual invitation to join the band or if it was like, do you just want to play with us live? But obviously those shows didn't end up happening. I think we're supposed to go to Europe. I think my first show of Anxious was going to be Sound of Fury 2020. And then we were going to go to Europe like right after, or maybe it was, we were going to go to Europe and then play Sound of Fury. I can't remember, but that summer was like, that was supposed to be my first shows of Anxious. Obviously those didn't happen. Um, 
and they started writing the record and then Grady called me. <laughs> I feel like it was like two weeks before I needed to leave. I was like, hey, like, do you want to come make this record with us? And I was like, uh, yeah. So I, I called my boss. I worked as a janitor at a hospital at the time. I was like, hey, uh, I got to go do this thing for like a month in Connecticut. And she was like, all right, sounds good. Nice. She, she, she was eternally, like terminally chill about it. She was like, yeah, I don't really care. Do whatever you want. And I was like, okay. So I went up. We stayed in Connecticut for a month. Um, that was actually the first time I ever met Johnny. I didn't know him before then. Um, and then we practiced like every day and we would like go like explore in the woods and hang out and eat ice cream. And it was a very like special time in my life. And we made this record and then we sat on it for like a year <laughs> and now it's finally out. But yeah, so I think like, like literally two years ago, I was in Connecticut making Little Greenhouse. Dude, that's so awesome. So that's, that's, that's the story of Sam Allen and Anxious. <laughs> yeah, thanks so much for sharing that, man. Um, yeah. Yeah, stoked for you that you got that chance and got to be a part of that. And, and now, yeah. now a member of, of Anxious um, will always be one of my favorite bands. Thank you guys for playing Seeds, well, too. That was, that was awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was awesome for me. Like, we never play that. That was, that was sick. Banger, man. Um, it, it's true for sure. Um, all right, well, let's go back to end on end. Um, thanks, yeah. thanks for, thanks for talking a little bit about sound and fury and anxious and stuff. For sure. For sure. But, uh, yeah, people like you, which I'll get into a little bit freaking certified bangers, dude. Like that record, <laughs> is, that record is so good. Um, I listen thanks. to it frequently. Um, yeah, I, we'll, we'll go back to come back to that, but if you want to just tell us um, real quick what you do in End on End and who the other uh, members of the band are. Okay. Um, so I sing. I, I, uh, I handle them. I rock the mic, as it were. Um, but past then, it, it kind of gets hairy and weird just because, like, I don't know. So Skyler... My friend Stavis Thorne, who plays in um, a band often called Sense to Die, um, it's like a death metal band. Um, he is like my collaborator. He's like my my creative partner in the band. Um, he pl originally played guitar, then he started playing drums, and now I think he's going to play guitar again for these Broken Mouth shows. Um, so he's kind of all over. And then we have currently the lineup is Olivia Johnson from Prize Horse plays bass. And Eli Hansen, also from Sense to Die, plays guitar. Um, I think Johnny from Anxious is going to play drums for us on these Broken Rush shows. Um, but, like, it's kind of hectic. So on the layout and on the recordings, the, the lineup is me singing, Skyler um, playing drums, Hunter sent from Downward playing bass, and uh, Madden Crawshaw, or no, Hunter played guitar and Madden played bass. Sorry, it's there's there's like there's there's like a self defense family like there's eighty <laughs> people in this band. Like, yeah, no, it's all good. It's all good. But like, 
I don't know. I, I, it's no diss to any member of, of the other members, but like it, it, the band, roughly, generally, majorly, is is me and Skyler, which is why, I mean, it's kind of a happy accident. It's not like it didn't focus, but like that picture on the front of the record, I I found it and I was like, oh, I'll just use this for the color. It's just me and Skyler in like a. I think it's like a sandwich spot in Tulsa that's, that yeah. my friend uh, Jill took. Great. That's a great photo. Classic hardcore album cover it photo. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's very like, In a good way though. In a good yeah. way, you know? Sure. Um, well, that's cool, man. It's, you kind of yeah. got like a collect, nice collective group of homies and, and, and friends and you know, yeah, and so the end on it's end just kind of like a whoever can play will play sort of thing. Yeah, that's dope. So the end on end sound, which is, is kind of how yeah, the end on end. Sorry, sound, sorry, no, it's okay. The end on end sound is one guitar. Then, um, we have played shows of two. We've played shows of shows of one. Uh, on the record, there's two guitars. Okay, on but, the record, there's two. Got you. Yeah, there's two. Um, but. I don't know. It's weird because four piece live is like a cooler thing visually, but it sounds better with two. So we're, <laughs> totally. we're gonna have two shows. But nice. And then you also yeah. you do you also sing in GI Bill? Yeah, I do. So that band is me basically, and and my friend Sev, um, of Curse the Knife fame, uh, records the drums live, and sometimes plays with me live whenever he can but that band is is, is an ultimate like i kind of have like a rotating cast of people that i'm like hey will you put it's it, it's hard for that band to play because i want to do it so bad but every time we play it's i basically have to ask like four friends for a favor yeah makes sense <laughs> you know what I hey, mean? gi bill rips though dude i played uh Amen. i think when Thanks. i in, i think when i interviewed james uh carol whenever that was a yeah. while ago he made a he made a rock block and he put uh, GI Bill on there and that's how I got turned on Damn. to it. And um, thanks, yeah, for Shout sure. Out. But yeah, you spend a good word. Yeah, your vocals are your your vocals are top notch, man, for sure. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Um. So, you you talked about uh, end on end's got some shows coming up. Um. In, mm -hmm. in my opinion, people like yous one of the top records that's come out so far this year. Um, wow. So you thank can, you. That's, yeah. That's, that's very nice. Yeah. It's really good, dude. So you guys, you guys put that record out recently. Um, but yeah, if you mm -hmm. want to just give us like a little update on the band, like, you know, where the shows are that are coming up. Um, if you, if there's a place people can buy vinyl or merch yeah, or anything yeah. like that. I'll do my, I'll do my little, my little commercial here. Yeah. Um, drop it, dude. Um, so at the end of the month, we're playing, I think, five shows with Broken Vow, uh, in, in, in the Northeast and surrounding regions. Uh, we're playing in Wilkes-Barre in Boston and, um, somewhere in upstate New York and somewhere in Western Mass, I think. And then we're playing, uh, I believe we're playing Wallingford CT at the Whamleg, which is, you know, all my CT heads better see y'all there it's crazy lineup it's like us broken by a training order take it to heart and connecticut legends wreckage um wreckage dude 
I'm just going to pause my commercial here and say that <laughs> Wreckage is the best current hardcore band, period. All right. And end of story. Um, but yeah, we're playing that show. It's going to be sick. It's going to be litty. Um, I think Ankle Biter is playing some of the shows too. Shout out to Ankle Biter. Yep. Also a great band. Northeast Straight Edge. Yes. Great band. Demo is awesome. Sounds like. Yeah, you know, it kind of sounds like step forward, actually. Like, there's, like, step forward <laughs> modules. For sure, yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, we're doing that. Um, you can get the record at Numerality Scenes web store. Shout out to Nick for always uh, believing in uh, me, I guess, and my friends. And basically, whenever I say, do you want to put this out, he, he says, I don't even need to hear it. Um and then he just does it because he's a straight up legend. But that's right. Yeah. Uh, Big you can, time you can get trust. records over there. Yeah, straight up. Um, you can get records over there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess that's kind of it. Sick, dude. That's awesome. That's that's cool. You guys got some shows uh, coming up. And Yeah, uh, we, we don't play that much. So it's, I, I mean, I wish we played more. It's just hard. Like everybody lives in different places now. And um like Shiloh lives in Louisville now. Um so we don't really get to get together that often, but I'm glad that um these are happening because I love playing in that band. Yeah, and even more even more reason for people to pull up, man. Yes, straight up. Um so I was gonna ask about Rights of Spring, but we already covered that. So oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shout out Rights of Spring though. Great band, dude. Shout out. Um yeah. But yeah, if you don't mind, uh, we could shift a little bit and talk a little bit about like yourself personally. Um, okay. Kind of just like, um, no, you said you grew up in Oklahoma. Um, I did, yeah. But yeah, kind of just like what what was your life like growing up? Um, what was it like growing up in the Midwest? Um, <clears throat> well, um, it was cool. You know, it was, it was fun. I grew up in a weird like very suburban and also very rural like farming community town in in central oklahoma like like 20 minutes northwest of uh of oklahoma city called piedmont uh shout out to piedmont um uh yeah it was cool you know i i lived in the same house my entire life um, I didn't move out until I moved to Minneapolis, so I, I, I stuck around, but yeah, it was cool. I don't know. It was boring. It was hot. It was long summers and I don't know. It was fine. I, I have this weird, like, fondness for it visually, like it kind of, uh, affects everything that I do, like when I make posters or, or album art or whatever like I I have this like affinity for like nature but specifically like fields of crops like like yeah. immature crops and like um, I don't know I really like windmills like a lot like I, I would drive sometimes I would drive like 20 minutes north of my little town and just like, cause there was a huge window farm that would go on for miles out there. And I would just like drive around 
and um, look at them basically. Um, I don't know. It's kind of it's a it's a broad question, but it it was it was cool. I I liked it and I disliked it, and but it was also all I knew. And now that I don't live there anymore, I I'm not. I don't know. I'm not really in a hurry to come back, I guess. Yeah, and it's totally. not because it's a terrible place or whatever. Like I have some weird grudge against it. It's just like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't need to go back. I don't, I don't feel like I need to go back there. except to see like my folks and, and my sister and stuff. But yeah, no, I yeah. think thanks for sharing a little bit about that. Yeah. No, I, I relate to that, man. I, I noticed that with like the GI bill stuff, I can see, um, you know, and even even kind of the just the vibe, even like the colorway of the end on end record, yeah, the recent one. You know, it's kind of got that like hay yeah. and green color and kind yeah. of like you know. I love, yeah, those are those are all my favorite colors. You know, yeah. So I I I can see that, and I also I also really relate to that. Like, and thinking of you know, I grew up in California. I've been here my whole life. Mm-hmm. I'm really palm trees and like oh yeah palm trees and like blue sky is just like palm trees sunshine beach and blue sky is like every time yeah every time i'm gonna do art like a design or make a sticker or it's always like the first thing that comes to mind you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like yeah no totally and so i i try to like expand beyond that Mm -hmm. but there's something about the aesthetic of like where your formative years were, you know, and it kind of, it kind of becomes like, and especially I think in hardcore, like so much of hardcore, um, imagery is that, you know, like how many hardcore, how many hardcore records are like a rain stained, like raindrop filled window overlooking like a metropolis skyline. (laughs) No, totally. It's like, it's it's such a regional thing. Yeah. Like, 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 yeah. Like, the fact that there's like sounds coming from different places, you know what I, does that make sense? Like, yeah, like totally. there's a New York sound like that alone is like no other. I mean, I, I won't say no other, but like, cause like whatever, there's like people will talk about like, Oh, like the New York indie scene in the like early 2000s, <laughs> had like Interpol and all these bands, like, but I mean like persistently throughout like the last whatever it is 50 years of hardcore it's like oh there's like a dc sound there's a new york sound there's a you know there's there's like uh a california sound like there's all these places that have sonic identities tethered to their location that i think it makes perfect sense that you know visually the same thing would apply i guess yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, I, I, I really, I really get that, you know, I really relate to that when, when you're talking sure. about that, those aesthetics of growing up there. Um, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, and I was going to ask you like, when did you, when did you first, did you learn how to play bass first or guitar? What was, yes. You, so you learned how to play bass first? Yeah. So I, I know how to play guitar and I probably play guitar more than bass at this point. Although I guess being anxious and being on tour all the time, maybe not now, but like when I'm at home, I'm going to the guitar, but yeah, I'm a bass player. Like, which when I say that, it sounds like a very old man thing to say. Like, I don't, it's not like I sit around and I'm like, yeah, dude, bass, bass rocks, like bass wins. But like, <laughs> I, 
I I mean, it does. Um, but I, yeah, I learned how to play bass first. I saw the the video of Metallica playing for the Beltos. I think it's in Oakland. Um, I mean, everybody's seen it. It's the one where he's like shredding and James goes, everybody say hi, Cliff. Like, so it's, it's like the video of Metallica. Yeah. And Cliff is fucking shredding. He's got the wall and he's going crazy. And like, they're playing it. And like, just because of the way, I don't know if it's, I don't know shit about cameras or film or anything. So I don't know what it is about the, uh, the way that it, it's like exposed, but there's like these moments where he will like hit his face and like the light will reflect off of his the finish on his face and the camera will pick it up and it looks like lightning, like it's flashing on his face. And it, I, I'm doing a terrible job of explaining this, but so sick. it looks insane. It looks insane. Like it, it's like magical. And as a kid, I thought it was the coolest thing that I'd ever seen. And honestly, it is the coolest thing I've still ever seen. But I remember I saw that and I went to my parents and I was like, I want to play bass. And they were like, okay, but we got you a guitar. Like, like I had an acoustic guitar and I was good. And I took lessons and I, it didn't take or whatever. But I, this time, dude, I was sure. I was like, it's easier. Like, there's only four strings. Um, yeah, an acoustic guitar is hard for, to play, man. It is, dude. I, Especially if you're I younger and you got little fingers, you know? Those strings oh, are man. tough. I mean, I, Wesley wasn't, like, teaching me anything else. Like, I maintain that if he had been teaching me, like, cool, cool riffs, like, I would have thought it was awesome. But he was like, play this G chord. And yeah. I was like, I'm not trying to hear that. I also, like, for what it's worth, I didn't really care about music until I was a little older. So, like, when he was like, what do you want to play? I was like, I don't know. Like, I, I just was like, guitar is cool, but I don't care about music. Like, I didn't listen to music on my own. But Metallica and, like, Slipknot were, like, some of the first bands I ever was, like, listening to of my own volition and, like, had the CDs and stuff. And so, yeah, I asked my parents for a bass, and they were like, no. And I was like, <laughs> why? And they were like, because we bought you a guitar and you never played it. And I was like, that's stupid. But... So what happened was my mom had like a very small landscaping business. Um, it was literally just her. Like she didn't have employees or anything, but she would go to these rich people's houses and basically garden for them. Um, Cause she's a horticulturist and um, she knows a bunch about plants. And she's like really good at that. Awesome. So I asked her, or, or she maybe she offered probably, and she was like, do you want to come to work with me? I'll pay you like to, to help me, you know? And I was like, yeah. So I worked with my mom for a summer. I bought like, a squire p bass and and the rest is history i guess dude that's awesome I, man yeah um do you remember the first song you learned how to play on bass or like the first it was riff? For, it, yeah it was for the Holes. nice that's awesome yeah dude there's yeah. some because there's some there's like just some like uh there's some really like classic bass lines you know just like oh, oh totally yeah i can i can still play money by pink floyd doom, 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 don't worry doom, about it doom, 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 yeah there you go <laughs> yeah, yeah i still got it man dude yeah that's um <clears throat> it's funny that you mentioned that because i used to play that my it's friend great. my friend had an acoustic bass and we used to just hang out in his room and you know oh, yeah. jam and 
and money was sure. like one of those baselines that's pretty easy to play and it's just so like such a distinct yeah. riff you know or, or i maybe iconic yeah, yeah iconic yeah um dude that's awesome so so i wanted to ask you like growing up in that that town in in oklahoma mm-hmm. you know kind of not in the city necessarily um how like what were some of your so you mentioned uh metallica and slipknot how did yeah. you kind of like get introduced to that kind of music um like what were some of your early favorite bands favorite records like before you got into hardcore so <clears throat> my friend evan um who played in full color dream with me and who i've known since the first grade um i remember in like seventh or eighth grade he was wearing a slipknot shirt and I was like, damn, that's scary. Like, what is that? He was like, well, that's this cool band. It's called Slipknot. And I was like, okay. So I went home and I listened to, I think, Psychosocial. And I was like, well, this is the heaviest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> yeah. Wearing masks, like there's fire. This is so crazy and scary. Yeah. And my mom doesn't like it. You know, like my mom saw it, like me watching it on the family computer, like over my shoulder. I was like, oh, I don't know about all this, you know. And so that was like another reason that I liked it. It was scary, and like my parents didn't, didn't want me to like it, so I liked it twice as much. Um, so yeah, Slipknot was huge for me. Like Iowa, I remember I had Iowa, and not the self-titled. Like I'm, I'm not really a self-titled guy, but I had like the greatest hits. So I had Iowa, and then I had the greatest hits, um, and then I would just borrow like Evans cds if i ever want to listen to the other ones but um yeah it was crazy i remember being like actually legitimately terrified of the song (laughs) iowa like i would skip it because it's like i don't know if you're familiar but it's it's like 14 minutes long he's like cutting himself on mic it's pretty upsetting and he's talking about like killing a woman yeah like he's but i was like oh this is creepy like so i'd skip it usually and then so yeah, I got into that band and then like Metallica at like the exact same time, if I'm recalling correctly. And I still like have a fondness for Slipknot, but it's mostly nostalgia. But like I still really like Metallica genuinely, and like my love for that band is only deepened. Um, but those were some of my favorite bands, and then I got really into like metal and like metalcore. And then later in, in like my teen years, a little bit like death metal and stuff. Um, like I really liked As I Lay Dying and low key the first record still awesome. But honestly, like they have a couple of sick records, but yeah, so it was like As I Lay Dying. And then I got into like deathcore proper, like Whitechapel and stuff. And then I got into like Dismember and like Suffocation and stuff. And, but like, it's weird. I just had this conversation recently with my friend Dave where he was asking me about this. He's like, oh, like, how did you get into hardcore and stuff? And it's funny because, like, the whole time that I was listening to uh, that, I was like a metalhead, like, self described metalhead, like, through, through, like, middle school and, like, early high school. There was, like, this aspect to it that I felt like was missing because, like, I don't know, especially like deathcore and death metal. Like I'm a pretty angry dude, like and and really was like when I was a kid. Like had like some real like like a chip on my shoulder, like hard to get along with sort of kid. Yeah. And uh, 
so I was kind of drawn to this like scary, heavy music, right? But with the exception of like maybe Slipknot or 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 like Metallic or something or um, whatever, like th- there was a real lack of like um, I don't know, like like emotion, I guess, in the bands that I was hearing, like. I don't know, like, you listen to, like, something like Spawn of Possession, like, that's kind of like a deep cut or whatever, and I don't even, I don't think I really ever even like that band, but, uh, just for example, like, that band is, like, when you hear it, it's kind of like the point of it is, like, that it's crazy and, like, super technical or whatever, and maybe the point of it is that it's not super emotional. I don't know, I could say, but... I was I was looking for something in like death metal that I just wasn't really finding, which was like I want these people to be like open with their music and it and it feels very closed off and like performative, not in like a like over being fake about it way, but in a way that I mean I mean they kind of are they're they're not actually like cutting people in half and like yeah whatever, but like. I, I, like I still like I like that band Skinless still like and Suffocation's cool and like Obituary all like you know whatever like it's cool music but it's not like it doesn't mean anything to me and like it it didn't really mean anything to me then but my identity was still really closely tied to it just because it was like the only thing I had I felt like and then like straight up I got into like Not Loose and like I remember listening to that band and Nails. And I was like, oh, this is like, like, not blues. I was like, oh, it has like all the cool breakdowns. But it, like, this dude, I'm, he's like really angry and like, and it feels like very, uh, I, I could, I don't know, I could just relate to it. And like, nails even more so. I was like, oh, this is super fast, but it also has these crazy mosh bars. And this dude is just talking about like how he hates getting told what to do. And, like, I don't know, just, like, pretty pretty stereotypical, like, punk and hardcore lyrics. But that was, like, my introduction to the genre, so I was, like, extremely moved by it. And from then on, it kind of just was off to the races. Like, I got into that, and I was into, like, the, like, the lowercase, and, like, metalcore, like, hardcore metalcore style stuff for maybe, like, eight months and I started going to shows and stuff and like um then uh in true Sam Allen fashion was like everyone around me likes this stuff like this heavy like metalcore adjacent sort of like heavy hardcore stuff so I'm going to start listening to turning point because everybody's telling me that turning point's stupid and it sucks and I want to like spite all these people so I got really into like Great band. After I got into hardcore, yeah, I mean, come on. I think that's kind of, it's funny because people see me in Anxious or, like, in a band like End on End, and they kind of expect that I'm, like, this true blue, like, capital H hardcore, you know, Revelation star tattooed on my throat or whatever <laughs> sort of, like, kind of guy. But, like, I really didn't start, start out like that. And... I mean, obviously, that's, like, my preferred hardcore now, but I do, like, I like Turmoil, you know what I mean? Like, I like heavy hardcore, too. Dude, yeah, but no. I, I think people, yeah. 
No, go ahead. It's weird. No, no, no. I, I, I don't really have anything else to say about it. I, I, I kind of went off on a tangent there, but like, <laughs> no, you're good. No, it's... I like, I like, I like. I mean, there's things I think suck, obviously, and like I'm a very opinionated person. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I like everything. You know, I like, I like it all. Yeah. No, I. What you said, I feel like a lot of people, it's either like, I mean, I've interviewed like tons of people and, you know, I I feel like it's the path to hardcore is either death metal, metal, new metal, metalcore, whatever, and then hardcore, or it's like, or it's like street punk, punk, and and then hardcore. Um, So, but I do like what you just explained about metal, um, and really like the, cause when I was getting into hardcore and, and DIY music and stuff, it's like 2004, 2005, um, you know, right. bands like Suicide Silence and those, totally. that stuff was just starting, you know, and it was, it was huge. Right. Like it was huge. And, um, yeah. I never thought about that though. It's like, yeah, how much can, at least I could never really emotionally connect to that kind of music. And it did, it did, it did feel, it does feel a little more closed off. Um, that's really cool that you explained it that I've never thought about it like that. Um, well, I, I've just been thinking about it lately because I'm like, yeah, like I never really, there were parts of it that attracted me clearly, but like, I think it was more so the fact that like, it was more about like the actual music because like, at that time, I was really getting into, like, trying to be good at bass and guitar and, like, trying to, like, be a good player. So I was listening to metal and being like, oh, this is, like, cool because, like, it's heavy or, or like, they're playing some, like, crazy, like, sweet-picking part or yeah. whatever. Like, the, the riff is, like, wild. But, like, I don't know, dude. Like, like that's all good that's well and good right like and if that's what you view in music as like that's where you get your value then like there's nothing wrong with that and i'm certainly not not trying to put myself above that or anything like that because like it is music first right like it's about sonically what it sounds like but like i don't know i i just it never really like connected with me on an emotional level and as like a very emotional guy and it's and even more so an emotional kid like i really was searching for that like i guess vulnerability or maybe just like this this feeling that like i could relate to in music beyond like the actual sonic quality which i guess what i'm saying is that i wanted like lyrics that I could feel, you know what I mean? Which is why I got really into nails and like why have heart is one of my favorite bands. And like yep. why now I am like more of like a straightforward, like straight edge hardcore dude. Like yeah, well, my favorite cool. bands ever, ever like have always been bands with like very emotive lyrics, like have heart and title fight and like whatever turning point even though i think like i'm probably gonna get a dm about this but like i think turning points there should pretty like like not great most of the time but like he's making an effort to express himself in a way that like metal bands just that's not the priority you know what i mean but that's not it's that me judging a metal band on not having like uh 
sensitive poetic lyrics is like that's just me missing the point you know yeah, what i mean yeah. but like at that point in my life when i was a kid 16 15 like that's what i was after and it's still like what i value the most in music generally like like i can love a song for the song but like usually what elevates it to like uh oh this means something to me in like a personal way now is is if i relate to the lyrics which more and more as I get older, I, I see that less as like a, because when I was a kid, I was like, oh, that makes that means that means I'm smart. That means I'm smarter than you. <laughs> like, I I read E.E. E. Cummings poetry, and I like, I'm a very sensitive guy, and I'm like smarter than you. But the older I get, the more I'm like, maybe that just means I don't like music that much. <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe, I mean, like if you want to read something, go read a book, and I do. But like, like, music is music for a reason, and it can be both. I think, but. I don't know. It's just, it's a thing that I'm, I've been thinking about recently. For sure. Yeah. Shout out to nails too. That's uh California Yoda. royalty Yoda. right there, man. <laughs> That's right, baby. Todd um, Jones, dude. Todd that Jones. That dude doesn't miss. Yeah. Doesn't so, miss. so, uh, the, the radio station is in a city called Santa Barbara, which is in the 805 mm -hmm. area code of central, okay. Cal central coast, California, which is where nails are from, where Todd Jones is from the 805. Oh, nice. So Nails is a very, sure. Nails is a very highly esteemed band in this area, <laughs> for sure. Um, They're a very highly esteemed band in my heart. Dude, yeah, an incredible band. Um, so sick. Okay, so we'll, I can we'll see. We'll, I got about we got about like ten more minutes. Um, okay. Yeah. Thanks for for sharing about all that stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. I wanted yeah. to ask you if you remember a couple more things. Uh, Asked if you remembered your first hardcore show, like your first proper hardcore show. Oh, wow. And um, what's your favorite mosh move is? <laughs> <laughs> um, I straight up don't remember my first hardcore show, which is kind of a bummer. But I remember the first time I ever moshed. I remember, and it must have been early. Like there was this local band called The Toothed. I mean, they're still a band um, from Oklahoma City. They're like a crazy band. They're like sick band. At name. that time, they were, yeah, um, they they were kind of like a converge worship band, and now they're like a crazy like metal band. Like, like uh, I don't. I I see this as like I'm, that's not my world anymore. But like, it is still very chaotic and like weird time signatures and like blast beats in weird places. But it's not, it's just, they're not a straightforward band, but like, it's heavy as hell. And like, I don't know, if that's your thing, like, it don't get much better than that. Um, but I really loved that band when I was a kid. And like, part of that is because like, those dudes were really nice to me when I first started coming around. Like, the dudes in the tube were some of the only older people that would like give me the time of day or just, you know, not like punch me in this, in the school. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but, um, yeah, so that was the first band I ever moshed to. I, they had this song called Disconnect on the, on like the second EP or whatever. Um, and it had like this crazy two-step part. And I remember that was the first one I ever moshed. Um, but yeah, I mean, favorite mosh move. This has been a, this has been a, uh, segment, oh, a segment that's been, Asked to be brought back to the show by popular. Demand. <laughs> I did. Okay, the, I can't. Right. I can't remember. I can't remember when it was. 
some interview I did recently, maybe like a month or so mm-hmm. ago, I got into talking about moshing with someone and then uh, somebody was like, yo, you should ask your guests what their favorite mosh move is. And so I started doing <laughs> it and people like really enjoyed it. So I kind of just okay, started cool. adding it. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, yo, I actually am curious. What did Tommy say? Tommy said he was a two-stepper. That's right. That's right. And then I I text and then I texted him before Sound of Fury and I was like, You should play your you should play the broken vow intro off the demo for all the two steppers. Because that's like such a good two step intro. No, it is. It definitely is. But uh he they already had the set list planned, so Yeah. But he said he was a two stepper, yeah. Yeah, I I would have to say that I am as well. I mean everybody in anxious like that's how i like bread and butter you know what i mean like it's funny because we talk a lot me and johnny talk a lot about like the difference between like hard moshing and like two-stepping because like i think me and tommy are probably i mean dante doesn't doesn't mosh at all he's like above that you know but respect (laughs) he uh tommy and i are the only two that like are down to like throw down as it were and it's pretty rare for me that i like you know like like it sounded period for example the only band i lost to all weekend was broken down and i was like i don't know i'm not a very i'm not a good monster but i was i was going hard you know me like i was um but yeah I, I, i'm not a good monster but i have a good two step and that's kind of how everybody in anxious is like nobody, nobody really is like stick manning or like windmilling or spin kicking, but we're all like, we'll, we'll, we'll throw down in the, in the two step. But yeah, I don't know. I guess two step, two step, two stepping and two step and dives, man. The bread and butter of hardcore mosh. That's right. That's all you Dude, need. Yeah, I mean, That's all you need. Some, but also sometimes like the riff requires something more from you and you have to like do the thing where you like have one hand covering your face and then your <laughs> other arm is like going side to side with a close fist and you're, yeah. you're trying to cause some serious bodily harm dude yeah you know and if if you can't if you can't switch up the mosh move you gotta just get out of the pit you know that's I, <laughs> it's like what did i say at the top when we were talking about your stage show? i was like sometimes hardcore requires of you a pound of flesh you know like sometimes you got to put your your life in danger for the core you and do, man. that's just what it's all about yep yep you do and it yeah for sure um yeah thanks for thanks for answering that question um yeah, for sure yeah it's a really funny question it's i know it is really funny and i didn't really think much of it until some listeners yeah. some listeners sent me some dms and were like yo that mosh segment you did was sick you should ask like all your guests what they think about that's moshing so that's ridiculous and i was like, like, <laughs> I was yeah. like okay i guess i'll start doing it um it's all for the people man whatever they want you know yeah hey <laughs> shout out to all the people um but yeah last couple of minutes um just to close out talking a little more about end on end sure. uh your the self-titled demo so good um Thank you. The promo that I think came out last year with the Step Forward cover, mm-hmm. um, that yep. ripped. Um, you guys haven't put Thanks. out a bad song, dude, honestly. like. Um, wow. I don't know if I agree with you, but that's, <laughs> that's very Well, nice. you know, all, all good artists 
don't like something about their stuff, you know, but, that's true. um, that's true. That's true. yeah. If you want to just talk a little bit about like how the band, how and when exactly the band formed. Um, and if sure. you had like a specific, you guys have a really cool sound, you know, it's like fast, but also I like, I love how like a couple songs, I think it's a, maybe like the first two on people like you where it's like fast for a long time. And then you got the little, yeah. the little breakdown at the end for like yeah. eight seconds. <laughs> it's so sick, dude. I love yeah, that. Man. It's all about, it's all about the fast parts and then the mosh part. That's all you need. We try to keep it simple. Um, but yeah, so the band, like pretty much every band I've ever started, it was like a spite band where uh, we started because we hate, hated like all the band. Not personally, I'm, like we didn't have beef with any people in Oklahoma, but it was like we hated all the bands in that were playing hardcore shows. We were like these bands are all like they're not they're not doing what we like to hear, which is like fast hardcore. So we were like, let's just start like a straight edge band. And we'll just be way better than all the other bands and embarrass them. And that's what we did. That's right. Yep. <laughs> and, um, so yeah, the band was like started with the intention to like essentially be a, a big like middle finger to our scene, which people knew. And uh, I don't know if they didn't like it if they took it personally, I don't think anybody got mad at us, but it was definitely like a, a, we're not exactly playing in the same scene now. Like we played a lot of like punk shows, which is weird. Cause like, I'm not that dude. Like I'm not a punk. I mean, I like punk music, but I'm not like, I wear like normal clothes and <laughs> yeah. like, I don't, I don't dye my hair. Like I'm a pretty clean cut, like straight edge dude, you know, like, classic like stereotypical some might even say uh yeah and we all kind of are like everybody in the band is kind of less they're leaning um but yeah that's kind of the that's why the band was created and then we just sort of liked doing it a lot but like the, the world was against us like every time we try to go on tour like our band would break down or covid would happen so it was pretty discouraging um yeah, that, that's I don't know. Yeah, so the band the band started out of spite. That's and right. <laughs> that's awesome. It's basically still still going out of spite. Like we probably should break up, but we're kind <laughs> of just too we're too uh, you know bitter or not even bitter, I guess, but just stubborn to to let it yeah. go. So we're like, no, we're gonna we're gonna play five shows a year. Yeah, dude, ride <laughs> ride for it, ride with it, man. You know what I mean? Lay I'm it down. To, bro. Um, yeah, and if you wanted to say a little something about people like you, um, mm. I love that record so much. It's really good. Um, maybe Thank just you. through the I like it too process of like writing that, recording that, uh, oh, putting man. it together. Kind of maybe some of your like lyrical inspirations. Sure, um, that record like against all odds happened. Like it was not supposed to happen. Basically, like like a lot of things were going wrong at the time. Like when I recorded that record, I didn't have a place to live. Like I was couch surfing. And, and um, I don't know, it was, it, was an, it was an intense period of my life. And the band 
was going through some like personnel lineup changes that were like really painful for reasons that I uh, am not going to talk about. But uh, it was suffice to say it was just a really like strange emotional time in my life. Um, but yeah, we recorded it in November of 2020. Um, and then it took like, you know, a long time to come out. And, uh, I don't know that that's basically like the proudest I've ever been of any record just because it feels like it's not supposed to exist. Like in this, in the same way that the band exists as a big, big middle finger, like that record exists as like a, um, out of spite too because it was like we're again we're just too stubborn to let it to let it go we were like well we worked really hard on these songs we're really proud of them and regardless of whether it's it makes any financial sense or like if anybody likes our band or listens to our band or cares it's important to us that we follow through on this um and it was kind of as much of an exercise and like utility as doing that band often is um, that's also what makes it so like important to me and I, and I, and I know Skyway if I can speak with him that's like kind of what the point of the band is it's like we're going to do this because we have to and if you don't get it then get out of the way so to speak for sure um, which is, that's kind of like way more serious than I wanted to get about, <laughs> about this like uh, this is like straight edge band but uh, I don't know. Yeah, it, 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 it is important to me because nobody cares. You know what I mean? And it's not like nobody cares. Like, you know what I mean? But like, I'm just trying to be real. Like, the, we still have copies of the first pressing. Like, so go buy it, please. So Nick doesn't get mad at me. Or like, not that he would get mad at me, but like, so he doesn't, so all his money doesn't go to waste. Like, I want people to buy it. I want the record to do well, but like, the reality of the situation is like uh, it's we're not a popular band and that's fine yeah like and, and part of that you know we don't play like it's our, it's our own fault right like in many ways or maybe the record's just not good enough i don't i don't know like i don't i don't live in other people's heads i i can't predict the future i don't know why things turned up the way that they did um and I'm not trying to be like, oh, woe is me. Like, nobody cares about my band. I, I'm saying, like, I really, that's not the point. And, like, the more that people tell me, like, not that anybody does, but just hypothetically, the more that, like, people tell me, like, I don't care about end on end, the more I'm like, that's why we're going to play. There you go. That's why we're going <laughs> to do it. Like, that's sick, dude. Damn, I'm trying to see I you mean, guys live, man live now i'm i got all like i would fired up right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean I, it's again that's really dramatic and no but I, I i but it is it is true like yeah no i get what you're i get what you're saying 100 percent though like it's yeah totally i mean tried trying to tour vans breaking down COVID happens lineup changes put a record yeah. together uh you love the songs having trouble with the record like so it's kind of been like this whole time is just like yo this is like you know we're dealing with adversity or you know we're we have this music that we like it's really good but yeah. it's seemingly uh troublesome to try and do what we want to do with it 
which is just motivating right. you more, which is dope, dude. And you get to go yeah. play, you know, you get to go play a handful of shows in the Northeast and I'm sure you'll right. sell records and, and, and get your name and get your name out there a little bit more. And cause yeah, dude, the people like you record, I mean the promo, it's all so good. So let's pl play that live. And yeah, that's what's up, man. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> we're on radio time, so I can't just turn True. this into a four-hour podcast. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It's all good. Uh, we covered a lot, pretty much everything. I really appreciate it, man. Thanks for being flexible with the time. Um, everybody who's listening to this episode streaming, you can hear that playlist um, that Sam put together right when the interview ends. Um, there's like an audio clip with the – names of the bands and uh songs but uh yeah man thanks so much and if you want to last things like any shout outs uh any of your favorite mm. bands you're listening to anything like that uh yeah thanks so much for having me um listen to wreckage and prize horse and downward and and chris and knife and i don't know i'm sure i'm forgetting 10 other bands that i love but yeah, Sense to Die. Just the Sense to Die if you like brutal, crushing, guttural death metal um, <laughs> with mosh parts. Um, yeah, man. Peace. All right, peace, man. Hey, good luck with uh, good luck with your insurance. I hope you get that rack back. <laughs> hey, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm jumping off this phone call and uh, jumping right on another one. Right on, speed. right on, Sam. Thanks. Have a good rest of your Thursday, man. You do the same. Feel All better, right. man. Peace. Later. L.A. from Elliot Smith. Taking chances from Sharon Von Eaton. Not Superstitious by Leatherface. Hair Shirt from R.E.M. And The Zenith from Starflyer 59. <laughs>
type of dog that could keep you waiting for no good reason. Run a carbon black test on my job. swing my megaphone and long arm the rest it's easier and better to just beat it from the chest desire I could walk into this room Your life. 